control. But we can dance, but we can dance, we're doing it from all to all. But we can dance, but we can dance, everybody look at your hands. But we can dance, but we can dance, everybody's taking the chance. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We got the defensive backs to preview for the draft. We're uh, doing a little early round guys, but mostly some late round guys, because it's not a huge need for the Giants right now. Justin, and we got our redraft of pick 110. Justin, how are you doing? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Um, Two weeks until draft week? Is that how that works? We have this week, we have next week, then it's draft week. Um, This is going to be the last kind of dud positional group that we look at until um the rest of our draft previews are going to be like you know very big kind of positions of need or positions that the Giants should hopefully address in the draft so uh, you've been having some chips and salsa some bread and oil mm -hmm. starting friday it's time for the freaking meat and the freaking potatoes we got interior offensive line which is a huge episode tuesday after that we have inside linebackers there's so many players i love at that spot um you know, you got the Micah Parsons, the JOKs in the first round, but you have, you know, the Chasseras, the Nick Bolton, those type players, Jabril Cox. A lot of players to look at. And then offensive tackle and wide receiver uh, will be the last two episodes before draft day. So I, I, I'm getting very excited. And it was, it was fun to look at these DBs. You know, I love looking at late round prospects, um, especially safeties. I, I'm, a bi- I'm a big fan of the safety position because it's so versatile and I love versatility. Um, So, so that's interesting. But we kind of, now well, we won't delay it too much, but. This is the first time we have like no news. Like there has been no even no even minor signing. There haven't been you know an offensive assistant from, you know, um, you know, from BYU. You know, for, to, sure. to sign with the Giants. We got no news besides our billboard. I'm okay with that because the billboard's a very important piece of information that did not get enough love. Is it? Is it? I th- I thought that was gonna be like a very big social media thing. It's like I literally. We got up on a billboard and taped my thing up, which, by the way, I need to put it back up on the back. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what's the alternative now? It's still in my brother back of my brother's vehicle. The alternative to the to the backdrop? Oh, we took it down. We we didn't leave it up there. Oh, I thought you left it up there. No, we're not trying to go to jail. Um, uh, how could they? Posting... How could they trace you? It's not like our names are on it. Oh, I thought you were being serious for a second. Um, uh, <laughs> there is still a piece of tape up on it. And it was like it was just like no one cared. It was like ah, oh, no big deal. Uh, just uh, you know, whatever. Just oh, cool. You you got up on a billboard that's you know, fifty eight feet high or higher than that, and it's just whatever. No big we, deal. We we really, I I think it was a missed opportunity on your end. If you took the picture of how tall the billboard was, because the picture that you took, it doesn't look like it's that tall. It looks like you know you got a regular old ladder and then you got up there. But if you did like a wide perspective shot about, you know, just and also people thought it was you on the like taping it up on the billboard with your brother. Um, it was not you like, oh, Bob, Bobby, you cut your hair. No, no, we didn't. Not yet. Um, dreading you cutting your hair, by the way. So, yeah, I think that's a missed opportunity in your end. If you got like a more wide perspective shot on just how risky this was, then it would have done better. On you. So annoying. Like it was like. And it's a joke off of Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks didn't even freaking acknowledge it. No. Nobody in our company acknowledged it. I feel like that is like, you know, again, you know, Big Baby David kind of catches the collateral, you know, the, the ricochet shots. 
It's like, what, maybe if I put leggings on when I went up there, it would have got more more views. How about that? Wow. I, I give the shots of BBD because I know he could take it. Um, Trevor Lawrence Maybe we should draft the billboards. How about that? Would that mm. be wacky enough? See how big All John right. Boy's hand is? Trevor Lawrence got married. Cool. Good. Congrats for Trevor Lawrence. All right, Justin, let's do the redraft. Let's do the redraft and we'll get into the DBs. Um, you kind of hinted at me that you are going to save your draft, but it's going to be in the next round. Um, yeah. Yes. I think we should have redraft. Now that I'm looking back at this, I think because now it's like we know we can get this player at this point. I think we should have competed. You know what uh, I mean? Like if I take like, a player, then okay. Yeah, I I really do think we should have because now it's just like like I'm not taking maybe the best player available right now, but it's like I know I can get like this person at there. So I think we should have competed. Maybe we will change that going forward because uh, like we're both going to take Tay Crowder for Mister Irrelevant. But anyways, to recap. I have went in the first three rounds, Andrew Thomas, Chase Claypool, and Alton Robinson. So I got uh, offensive tackle, wide receiver, and edge. You went Jordan Jefferson, Xavier McKinney, and Tyree Phillips. So now we're pitting, we're starting off day three, pick uh, 110 out of round four. Last year in our mock drafts, I went Tyler Biedas, the center who ended up with the Cowboys out of Wisconsin. You went Alex Highsmith, the, the pass rusher out of Charlotte, who ended up with the Steelers. And the Giants picked Darnay Holmes. Now, Justin, I got to give the Giants credit here. I think they got the right. I think this was the right pick. This was the best pick at this spot. You know, all the other people that I might have taken over him uh, will be available later in the round. I'm going Darnay Holmes. He's our nickel corner. He didn't allow a touchdown. I thought he played well. I had a couple of bad penalties, but a couple of his penalties weren't even penalties. So I am a big Darnay Holmes fan. He's a big fan of us. Maybe came on the show. Does he like us? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, but I, I think the Giants got it right with Darnay Holmes. Do you agree? What are your thoughts on Solomon Kinley? Because I know you know we how much how many hours did you watch the Georgia offensive line last year? What are your thoughts on Solomon Kinley? I don't know. Was he good? I I thought about him, but I was like, you know what? I I would rather. I I was fine not taking him. So are you going? You I mean you could go there. That's a guard. And like no. I, instead of Shane Lemieux, I'm going Solomon Kenley. No, because I mean the thing is, is I'm gonna I'm gonna finesse this draft, and I know exactly who I'm gonna go with in the next round. That's gonna save my draft. Yeah, we're gonna agree on the next one, which sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah, because odds are, uh, you know, t- Tyler Biadas is available. He went later in the round to go to uh to go to Dallas. Uh, Gabriel Davis had a really good rookie season with the wide. Re- he was a wide receiver out of Buffalo. Yeah, Came UCF. On- Kayvon Wallace is a guy that we talked about. He went to Philadelphia a little bit later um, in the draft. But frankly, you know, we talk we talked for the solid portion for solid portion of like the second half of the season, how Darnay Holmes just wasn't getting enough love um, because of how important the slot corner was, how important that slot corner position is. And we talked about how important the slot corner position was heading into the season too about how many times the Giants would just get burned year after year after year, where teams would just put their best wide receiver in, in, in the slot, even when we had, you know, Dominique Rogers, uh Cromartie and Janoris Jenkins. If they weren't putting DRC in the slot, then whoever whoever's best wide receiver, they would go in the slot, and it would be a field day. <laughs> and the opposing team would have a field day, no matter how good the rest of our secondary is. So getting a guy that can play the slot well and he can be consistent and he's not going to allow a big play – I mean, that is huge. It's huge for this entire defense. We saw 
how different the defense was, even in the games where Darnay Holmes wasn't in the game, because that makes Logan Ryan less versatile. It makes Jabril Peppers less versatile. It it would make you know Xavier McKinney less versatile. It makes all these guys less versatile when when Darnay Holmes was not in this lineup, and other guys would have to do more. Yeah, so we're big Darnay Holmes fans. So so now I, I have I have I have two of the same Giants picks: Andrew Thomas and Darnay Holmes, and then out of Chase Claypool and Alt Robinson. You got Jefferson McKinney. So you've went two of four with the Giants too. You got McKinney and Holmes. You're keeping our secondary intact. I like it. Um, so next we have what do we have next? We have pick pick one fifty. Um, next, and the Giants weren't Shane Lemieux with that. So we'll see if we if we stay with that. But anyways, you're listening for the DB uh, preview of the draft. We had some later round guys, so it's no, you know, we're not, you know, we talked about Sertain Samuel, but it's like we didn't talk about Farley or, or J.C. Horn or, but so we we talk about some top of the round corners. Uh, but most of our safeties were late rounds. But uh, Justin, let's get into the DB preview. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Basketball teams are ending the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs to lose to the Nets in the NBA Finals. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, like the Nets, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer, like the Lakers, fifth seed. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. That's like turning D'Angelo Russell and Karis LeVert and Jared Allen into Kyrie, KD, and James Harden. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team to win their next game, the Nets, and if during that game the team you choose hits a three, like the Nets do, you bring home $100 in free bets. That's 100 to 1 odds on the team if you're choosing to hit a three. They don't even need to win. Like the the Lakers did just beat us. This year's teams have been hitting threes at an unprecedented pace, so get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now to use promo code JOHNBOY when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team, if you're choosing, hits a three. That's code JOHNBOY to turn $1 into $100 in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I love how you literally just muted your microphone to literally intro the second half of the show. I didn't want the clicking sound to come up, so I hit mute, but I forgot that I was talking when I said that. You you did it at the same time. It wasn't even one of those things where you did it and then you stopped talking. It that that I was just strange. was preparing for the click and I didn't think about it. So um good ad read. That was that was good. I, I feel like I feel like you didn't prepare that. I felt like you you dropped all the Nets references on that was on the spot. Never prepared. Um except for the safe the the DB review. Justin. Now, we're not going to talk about Farley and Horn. We are going to st- talk about Sertain who we'll talk about um Jordan Renan said in uh that, you know, the Giants still have interest there. I don't think it's likely. Um so I'll give my quick hate. I think Caleb Farley is the best out of these three, but his back issue is real, and that's scary. J.C. Horn, I have his third. He's just so grabby. So it's like, I don't know. if he, I feel like he's going to get called for nine penalties a game. So 13 is going to be the one we talk about because it seems like a good fit with the Giants. That being said, do you think there's any chance we take one at 11? If the Giants take a corner, or in particular Sertain at 11, 
I will shave my head to a one all around my head. Not bad, not bad. Um, it just doesn't make sense, you know. No. It was like then you're putting a Dora Jackson in the slot, and then you have Donny Holmes, and then you just restructured um, Yedem to take a pay cut. It just it just doesn't make sense right now, and and I get that Adora Jackson has some injury uh, issues, but if that's the, I mean, at eleven, you it's a, a year one, you start right away, day one, you're a starter. Yeah, and if you're not, it's a kind of like a failure of a pick. It's funny how we talk about corner, and oh, I don't think the Giants should take a corner at eleven, when a lot of people feel the same way about the offensive line where. Why take a tackle? Why take a guard and waste the development of Lemieux and Parrot? But ultimately, yeah, but we signed Lemieux, Adore and pa- Lemieux and Parrot. Right, Lemieux and Parrot are much different football players than Adoree Jackson. And regardless how you feel about Adoree Jackson, and if the Giants need to add cornerback depth because he's going to get hurt, the Giants paid him a lot of money. So to shell out both money investment in free agency and a high draft capital pick, just you don't draft a player so. Like preparing for somebody to get to, to get to get hurt. That's not the way you go about things. So um, I'd be very shocked if they pick a corner first round. Right on. But let's talk about the guy that if they do, it probably will be Justin and his Patrick Sertain Jr. Got a, we got two juniors of, of some really good NFL players or a cornerback out of Alabama. So, you know, that Joe Judge has got some eyes on, and ears and eyes on Patrick Sertain. Six foot two, 202 pounds in 2020. His advanced stats, 21 uh, completions on 48 targets, 43% uh, completion rate. That's great. 273 yards, two touchdowns allowed, one interception. Um, in 19, he had you know two interceptions compared to one touchdown. Completion percentage, 57%. A three-year starter, a three-year starter at Alabama, came in as a freshman and started. That's rare. That is, that is rare. That's not simply, hey, this guy is, is a system. He's part of the system in Alabama. Guy came in year one. And started in the system. He makes the most sense scheme wise to what scheme wise to what the Giants did in 2020. He's a cover three corner. He plays that cover three zone. Um, smart and man, but I do think he gives up some stuff underneath and some outbreaking routes. Um, so I, I do think I do think there's that. I, I don't think he's amazing in man coverage, but his technique is flawless. Like he is he is a technician at that cornerback spot. Um, and he's not going to allow the big play. He is not going to allow the big play to get past you, which is what the Giants' defense is predicated on. Um, although they're what you know, like Kyle Pitts had a really nice catch over him for a touchdown uh, in the SEC championship. But like that's Kyle Pitts, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't like he played it bad. It's just Kyle Pitts played played it better. Um, always eyes on the eyes are always on the QB so he can make a play on the ball. Like I said, stopping the big play can allow some stuff underneath, but that's you know that's a little bit of scheme as well. Um, I'm not in love with Patrick Sertain. I think he's, I think he's good. He's my number two corner, but I'm not like full bloom, like, like in, in full bloom love with Patrick Sertain. It, like if we didn't have a Dory Jackson, like I said, Caleb Farley was my cornerback one, but you know, he has, he has the, uh, the injury issues. Yeah. So Sertain didn't allow more than 65 yards in a single gain over the span of the last two years. Now, Bobby, I have a question because I'm reading, I'm reading the PFF draft guide, right? And I think just the average person reading this would also ask this because I'm very confused. So 662 snaps impressed the past two seasons, and that was 199 more than anyone else. But also he had 1,500 coverage snaps um, 
in co- in college football, which was the most out of all um, cornerbacks over the span over the last uh, three years. So, th- I mean, that's a lot of snaps. I mean, is is it really that Sertain is playing that much in man coverage where he's accumulating all those snaps, and he's also playing like that much in coverage, maybe cover two, cover three. You could play et cetera, press et in cover three because a lot of times that outside corner cover three is like man, is you know if that route's not an in breaking route, it can be turned into like a man coverage. Uh, you know, if there's an eight-yard curl and, and then you got, you know, a corner from the slot receiver, you have to play that. But for a lot of times, you're turning your zone into man. Um, so you can you can be in a cover three, like, you know, protect the deep part of the field, but also be in that press man um, role. So is Farley more or less a corner that I isn't his strengths playing back in coverage and he did not have a lot of man coverage snaps? And that's one of his weak points. Um, I think Farley would be great in man. He's he's new to the position. Farley's new. You know, he he was a he transferred from a wide receiver. So Farley Farley's new. He's learning the game. But Farley's an athletic freak. His ability to recover when he does make a mistake is beautiful. So Farley, I just like more because I think there's so much there's more to work with there with Farley. Yeah, let's say the Giants do hypothetically take cornerback at 11. And we were even talking about this with the acquisition of Adoree Jackson as well, where depending on maybe who they take, that may be an indicator of what kind of defense Patrick Graham is going to run in 2021. Is he going to continue to use cover three um, and you know dropping guys back into coverage, keeping everything in front of you and being kind of conservative in terms of getting to the quarterback and blitzing just blitzing 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 because what happens when you blitz you, you're typically playing man coverage on the back end um so i would i would think that you know certain since he has a lot of the experience in press if the giants take a guy like certain maybe patrick graham wants to go back to how he ran the miami defense in 2019 where he's running single high where he is blitzing and he is being aggressive and he's trying to you know make, make plays on the front end with getting to the quarterback Versus what happened in 2020 with Giants is making plays in the back end with Blake Martinez coming up and making a tackle. Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's interesting to look at these corners. And it's also interesting to hear Jordan Ronan come out with a report that Sertain would be a guy that they like. Because it can be an indicator of what the Giants are thinking of in terms of what kind of defense they want to run this year. Yeah, I also can view that as the Ronan uh, rumor as like that could very well have been like pre Theodore Jackson kind of thing. So, um, yeah. Like I, 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 like I said, I would be shocked if they went corner at eleven. Yeah. All right, Justin. Who's but that's what I that's what I get. Like that rumor that he put out, and he's a pretty credible source in my opinion. You know, that rumor. It's more or less like, oh, maybe the Giants viewed their defense differently in twenty twenty one in terms of their approach to versus how they did things in twenty. They're definitely that's what going it to. Tells They're going to play more man and blitz. I mean, we, that's something we talk about with Adore. So. So, yeah, I guess it makes a little sense. All right. First on my list. First on my list is Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State. Bobby in my plus-plus category, good twitch movements. Something that I like to say um, when I was training early high school. I prided myself on fast twitch muscle fibers. And I would say Asante Samuel Jr. has some good fast twitch muscle fibers. They're on point for Samuel. And because of this, he is able to play back in zone and close on the ball last second when QBs target him. He's good at jumping routes. Even down the field, already has down that level of deceptions guys like Logan Ryan utilize. So typically, I think we see you know, maybe corners trying to deceive uh, quarterbacks maybe in the intermediate part of the field. Well, 
Asante Samuel's able to do that in the deep part of the field, too, where he gives deception, and because of his good closing speed, he's able to close and make a play on the ball. Um, on seven targets, he only allowed one completion when targeted from 20-plus yards down the field, a passer rating of 10 on targets of 20-plus yards down the field. In my plus category, seems to have a solid feel for zone and understanding you are not just covering a part of the field, but you are covering the men in your zone. He's an angle diver. That's what I like to call corners that... You know, maybe they're a little bit smaller and they're not very physical, but I like to call them ankle divers because that's what they're doing in the run game. They're going after ankles. Um, and that skill set can translate to how he plays the run in the NFL. There's some highlight plays where he's body slamming guys to the ground, but I think being an ankle diver can be a little bit more sustainable at the pro level. He limits yards after the catch because of the limited separation he allows as well in the pass game. My minus category, size can impact the way that he plays against more physical wide receivers, and he could easily be pushed out of the screen during run plays. He can be a little grabby at the top of his routes, considering he sometimes turns his head a little too late when the ball's coming at him. Overall, aggressive player that's always in your grill. Forces and completions while being targeted at a, at a decent rate, which kind of fits what Giants players are on the roster right now. James Bradbury gets targeted a lot. Logan Ryan gets targeted a lot. Um, Adoree Jackson even had a year where he got targeted a decent amount, but they make plays on the football. Of course, he has a really good cornerback uh, bloodline with the, uh, and with Asante Samuel Sr., his father. Asante Samuel Jr. is a like-it player for me. Samuel. Young Samuel. I, I went into this, and it's like, Asante Samuel's son. I like him, but I think he's going to have to play nickel in the NFL. I really do, and I don't like to do that, especially at the top of the, at the top of the draft. And and he's got, like you said, those you know those top mirroring skills. He's got first rounds. He's got first round. He has some first round talent, but he can get bodied at the catch point. Like he can have the greatest coverage in the world. Doesn't matter. He won't win at the catch point. Um, and and so like like you have all that so that's my worry with him now he can play in it and play that man coverage and, and at the nickel spot but it's just he gets body at the catch point he has these great reps and then he just he just loses them because of that so that's my thing with Samuel where it's like man it's I I, I would maybe give him a shot but I just feel like eventually that's where he lands and that's where you know some people have him as a, as a first round corner um and obviously not that you know the Giants wouldn't be considering him in the first round. But it's like, man, I don't know if you can be a first-round corner and have to play it in the nickel. I feel like that's a draft take that, and this, and I'm not pointing this at you, but you know, we're we're reading a lot of places because that's because that's what we do to uh, to combine with what we see. We like to read, and it's like, am I going to be a complete idiot in this assessment? Usually, we're not. But I read that so often. This guy's usually going to be a slot corner. This guy's usually going to be a slot corner. Basically, I feel like if you're under if you're under five ten, like if you're five nine and below. You're going to be a slot corner, and a lot of corners are five nine and under. So I mean, it, not everybody can be a slot corner, and this is a guy that I would at least gamble on maybe year one and see if he can do it and if he can survive. Yeah, it. You know, all the corners we're going to talk about, my guys and your guys, like none of them, I have like that tag of like he's going to have to play slot. Samuel is because it's not just his size; it's my 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 next corner. It's at the catch point, is. yeah, Brown. But like, but yeah. like the the guys who play outside, like I just. I have that tag with him. Like, he's going to be like, you know, and I went into it with like, it's something Samuel's son's going to play in the slot. Doubt that. Doubt that. And I remember like watching him on, on some Saturdays casually and being like, oh, he wanted to play slot. But he, you know, I was watching his Notre Dame. Um, and then it, like, and versus UNC, because he was facing up against De'Ami Brown, that was a, I never seen him play so off in that. 
Because they like it seemed like he was afraid of not afraid, but they were game planning for Deami Brown as that deep threat. And it's a game where I really it you know, Deami Brown's stats aren't amazing that game, but I do fall in love with Deami because like they should have thrown the ball at him here and it, it really excels his route running. And and um he got missed on a fifty yard touchdown, double move on Asante Samuel Jr. Um but we're not here to talk about Deami Brown. The next guy we're gonna talk about, I do like this guy a lot, and I know it's going to make people cringe. Because it's a cornerback out of Georgia. A cornerback out of Georgia. Mm. Eric Stokes. Six foot, 194 pounds. Uh, advanced stats in 2020. In nine games, 16 completions on 28 targets. 145 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. He had no interceptions before this past season. Um, the, the year before in 2019, 37 completions on 65 targets. That's so 57%. Two touchdowns, zero interceptions, 356 yards. He is an outside cornerback with elite speed. His speed is beautiful. You put him in some tight man coverage, that's where he excels is in that man coverage. I watched him against Alabama and UF, you know, the best competition. And I, I actually charted his stats. Now, Bama against him on targets were 3 for 3, but only for 38 yards. One touchdown. So this is the one touchdown he gave up. I actually posted the clip on Twitter. Remember that crazy Devontae Smith? catch you know where he you know catches the ball in the back of the end zone totally you know swarmed and gets those two feet down that's the one yes. touchdown he gave up in 2020 was that play so it was beautiful coverage it was just Devonte smith was being Devonte smith um against uf three completions on seven attempts 28 yards and then he had an interception beautiful interception jumping zones in there which gives you some some something to to hope for in there five games in 2020 where he allowed less than 10 yards Five games in a nine-game season where he allowed less than 10 yards. And then we just mentioned, you know, the the UF game and the Alabama game. Excels in that tight man coverage. You put him in a wide receiver's hip, he's going to be there. He's where you hip, I hip. Um, That was a bad joke. (laughs) Now, Were you hip, I hop? Speaking of hips, when he is in zone, he opens them way too early. He opens them Mm. way too like The ball snapped. And it's unnecessary, so it can be coached up, but that does need to be coached up um, with him. Uh, he could be very grabby at the top of the route. He had a good amount of penalties. Um, plays through the wide receiver's hands. My biggest issue with him is when he is in zone, he just doesn't have a good feel for zone coverage. He doesn't. He needs coaching because he has that elite speed, but if he's playing five yards off, if that wide receiver is a decent wide receiver, and if it's an underneath route, that guy's going to catch the that guy. like When the ball is thrown, Stokes is going to be five yards off. He doesn't collapse on the routes well. And so I, I feel like he has a bad view for his own. But he's like a man, corner man. I, I think he's better than Asante Samuel. Like, I would rather take Eric Stokes over Asante Samuel um, because of, one, he can play that outside position, I think, better than Asante. Um, um, but it's like, and I just, I think there's a lot of coachable stuff there with Eric Stokes. Um, now, is he a guy that's going to be willing to take that coaching? Or is he another DeAndre Baker? That's... That's for the teams to decide and, and figure out their personalities. Jordan Ronan told us when we interviewed him that when the Giants took DeAndre Baker, they didn't really uh, give much input to James Betcher in terms of the type of player that DeAndre Baker was and if he actually fit the scheme. So this is another guy that maybe if the Giants do take him uh, day two, that maybe it is an, an indicator of what they have in mind for the scheme. I don't know. That's maybe a, a stretch of a take because he probably isn't starting day one. But if they view him as a good player and they view him as a guy that they want to take in the fourth round, why not? Um, he also allowed a, a half 
half a yard per coverage snap, which is bananas. Yeah, I I, I really liked him watching him. Um, he's one of those guys where it's like I know cornerback's not a need, but it would be fun. He would be fun to take. Although we would just have to hear all the Georgia corner jokes and that how much we love the dogs. But I like I love the dogs too. Like you know we're gonna talk about interior offensive line on Friday. There's a dog on there. I like my dogs. He's also six one. Which Big boy. Counts you that's an outside corner for you. All my right. Next guy is six one. Yes, my next guy is six one. Javon Holland or Egon Safety. He opted out of the twenty twenty season. Seems six like one. the entire Oregon team opted out of twenty twenty. <laughs> six one, two hundred and one pounds. Javon Holland, my plus plus category. He's a natural playmaker. Nine interceptions and eleven pass breakups in his last two seasons of play. Good size, plus plus instincts and ball skills. 2019, he has slot cornerback, uh, slot cornerback experience. 2018, he has safety experience. Being versatile in this regard is such a weapon for NFL defenses in today's game. I mean, how often did we see in Xavier McKinney in his in his few snaps in his few games? He would also be playing slot corner. Logan Ryan, he has the experience of playing slot corner for the majority of his career. He seamlessly transitioned to safety this year, um, despite a lot of people questioning if he actually can do that. He did it seamlessly. So Javon Holland, he automatically has that versatility entering the NFL. He combines really good mental processing with the fast playing style. This helps him in both pass coverage and in the run game. Has the aggression of an in-the-box safety and the coverage skills for a safety who can also drop back into coverage as well. My plus category, I see some sites that identify how his speed is a detriment at times for him. But I don't think Oregon would make him return kicks, and I don't think they would make him return punts if he thought that his speed was really an issue. Now, I, I understand that maybe there's a difference of speed when you're following and you're trailing players versus when you're just in the open field. But Oregon, I, I stereotypically think of Oregon as like the fastest school in the country, um, and they just put they just put the fastest guy back there to return kicks, and that's your that's your that's your return man. So that, Holland has that experience. My minus category, he opted out of the 2020 season, and that's where I really feel like he could push. He could have pushed himself up draft boards more and more because I feel like now he's projected as like a second or third round pick. And realistically, if he came out and he had a really good 2020, he could possibly be a first round pick. Overall, Holland is one of the best play playmakers as a secondary player in this draft class. Um, he's being projected as a day two pick, like I said. And if the Giants did not need safety help, he would be a gotta have it player for me. Um, as we talked about Holland, actually back in June, I talked about Holland as a player that we previewed back for the 2021 class when we did that over early summer. Holland is a love it player for me, though. I didn't know he was on that list for you. Yeah. Um, I it's it's so far. I I, I it's been a long time since we've done that. I, I I forget some of those. I remember Moses was one of them. Um. So yeah, uh, he basically played nickel corner. So that versat like you know, the Giants really do value versatility. You know, like some people talk about it, some coaches talk about it, the Giants live it. Like they do love that versatility, good ball skills. I, you mentioned the speed. I don't think his speed is bad, but for someone who takes some chances, um, not as much as the guy I'm going to talk about next. He can get beat on a double move, and it's like oh he, he doesn't catch up to his tight end, but he played a lot. Like pretty good coverage on tight ends, and basically like that, like I was like, hey, you're just gonna cover tight ends, and you're gonna be a safety, but you're basically playing nickel corner covering tight ends. So, um, I like Holland. Now this next guy, we're talking about guys that we talked about in our little draft, our mini draft preview in last summer. This was a guy I liked a lot, Andre Cisco. Um, I even did the the rendition of the uh, of a Cisco song, 
on the last one. I'm not going to do that again. Safety out of Syracuse, Damn. six foot, two hundred three pounds. Um, in twenty three games, he has twenty or thirteen interceptions. He is a ball hawk. He is a ball hawk. In two thousand twenty, he only played two games with a torn ACL, uh, eleven tackles, one interception against UNC against Sam ha- uh, Sam Howe. In 2019, in nine games, had five interceptions. In 2018, in 13 games, had seven interceptions. So, like, he is a ball hawk. Uh, He's a deep safety. You put him deep. Now, he can come up and play. Like, he'll come up and and lay a hit on a dude. But you use those skills in the the back end of the field. Um, Can play single and too high. Um, He sees a route. He sees a route, and he wants to finish that route. He sees a route. He's like, okay, this is the route combination. I see where that wide receiver wants that route to end. I want to be there. I want to be there. And that's how he gets those turnovers. That's how he gets those turnover plays. Um, can get burned when he gets like put in. I kind of hated Syracuse's defense, by the way. Um, they would put him sometimes in like off, like 15, 20 yards off man coverage. And he would kind of get beat in those situations. But he's never going to get put in that situation in the NFL. Um, cause, but he would just, he kind of like would backpedal too long, but I don't think that's something you have to worry about in the NFL. Like he's not going to come up and play in the box, but he has those abilities. Here's the thing. He is the most frustrating player in this draft, Justin, to me, the most frustrating player in this draft, because I mentioned all those good things. He will give up touchdowns because he takes, so he take, I've never seen a safety take chances like Andre Cisco <laughs> where he'll, it's like, okay. It's like, so coaches are going to game plan against him. And be like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run this route. We're going to try and get you know him to vacate his zone because he's trying to make a play. And we're going to have a wide open big play touchdown. He's an undisciplined player. So that's what's frustrating. You love all those good things, but then you see the blown coverages on the back end. And it's like, well, how do we get that to work as one? Where it's like, how can we get you to be that big play guy to get those interceptions, but also not just totally like screw your team over when teams are getting 60-yard touchdowns in these big plays in the NFL. So that's... That's my worry about Cisco. So, you know, if like, Cisco could be the best safety in this draft, and he's 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 up there for me. He might end up being the best safety. I haven't I haven't looked at all of them yet. Um, but it's like he could also just be like, you don't work in the NFL because you you you're taking too many chances and you're and you are a liability at all times. So you answer this question for me when you got to like your 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 minus section, right? Um. I was gonna ask you who do you like better as a prospect, Cisco or Antoine Winfield last year? Who you Antoine Winfield was your Winfield darling last year? Winfield by far. I think this yeah. safety class is just weak in general. Yeah, so I fi- I figured it was Winfield after hearing your you know what you don't like about Cisco, but Cisco's still a good player. I mean, what you want to do? I mean, I I genuinely feel like I would rather take a chance on a guy who t- takes chances. He's athletic. He he has production. That's kind of. Uh, uh, backed up versus a uh, a more polished guy that doesn't have a lot of upside. So me too, but the chances are, it's crazy. He has blown coverages all the time. So it's like I I I subscribe to that mentality. And it's why I like Cisco, but there's the risk can't be as high as Cisco makes it. So he has to figure out a way to balance that while not changing who he is as yeah. a player. Yeah, because that's also a part of it too, where you don't want to change who you are as a player. You don't want to change your mentality. And at this point, you know, you've been playing the game of football for how long, doing the same thing over and over again. How tough would it be to change how you played in that aggressive play style? So it's kind of hard to do. Next on my list, Bobby Skinner, Trey Brown, 5'10, 186 pounds, 
I could very well be getting a height and measurement wrong because I didn't look it up at the Senior Bowl or anything like that. 5'10", 186 pounds. Trey Brown in 2020, some of his advanced stats, he allowed 21 catches on 44 targets, 266 yards, allowed one touchdown, three interceptions, passer rating of 46.2. Most of his coverage snaps came from the outside. My plus-plus category. Loves contact and fights at the line of scrimmage. He takes hand fighting to another level. He's not afraid of bigger and more physical wide receivers. He has short area aggressiveness and quickness. Definitely fits a press man scheme at the pro level. My plus category, he's a willing run defender. He's not a, not afraid to put his nose in there and to make a play in the run game. An explosive player who is known for making game-changing game-changing plays with interceptions and some experience as a kick returner too. Special teams experience as a gunner, and he brings that reckless aggression that he plays on defense. He also brings that to special teams as well. Three years of experience at Oklahoma, 2,000 career snaps, 46 passer rating allowed in 2020, like I said again, and he had a solid senior bowl, which Bobby can talk more about after I'm done kind of giving my overall. My minus category, 17 penalties over the span of the last two years, so the aggression has its downfall at times. Even though he gives solid effort, he does get beat on jump balls. It's kind of like we're talking about with Asante Samuel. Just does not have the size to keep up with those guys. Probably fits better as a slot cornerback in the NFL. Overall, he was targeted 58 times in 2019 and 44 times in 2020 and allowed less than 300 yards each season and didn't allow a completion of more than 39 yards throughout his final two years as well. He was a dominant outside cornerback at Oklahoma, will probably be an early day three pick, and he's a like-it player for me. Yeah, people loved him at the Senior Bowl. Now, like, you know, I wasn't really focusing on the corners a ton. Um, you know, there were some guys I liked in some one-on-ones, like Benjamin St. Jude's, Cam Bynum. But, yeah, people really liked him at the Senior Bowl. And, yeah, you know who else likes the Senior Bowl? Who? Dave Gettleman. That is true. That he is does true. have a track record. Even though he didn't go this year. You know, we understand because of health reasons, but it's like not like the Giants didn't send people there. Uh, you know, there was... I think Kevin Abrams was there. Mm. I didn't really know what Kevin Abrams looked like. I, at first, I thought he was Freddie Kitchens. He's a. Uh, did he have facial hair? When yes. You saw him? Yeah. He, yes. he he sometimes can look like a mess of a man. Yeah, he was kind of scruffy. Disheveled. Um, all right. Next on my list, people are gonna love this guy's name, but he's more than a freaking name. It's Divine Diablo. Whatever. Cool name, I guess. Um, safety out of Virginia Tech. This guy's big. Pro day measurements: six foot three. 226 pounds. He's a big old boy. 2020 in nine games, he had 55 tackles, four interceptions, two tackles for a loss. 2019 in 13 games, 84 tackles, one interception, four and a half tackles for a loss. Moved from wide receiver after his freshman year. So he came oh, you in, love that. You love oh, that. Oh, I freaking love it, especially at the safety <laughs> position. Um, but he's also 23 years old, so he has a little bit of an older prospect. A true safety. A true safety. He's not a box player. But he does play closer to the line of scrimmage at some times. Good speed and burst when he's using his instincts. You got to get him to use his instincts better. I would love to see him in a deep safety role. Um, you know, he can play that single high, that two high. But I would love to see him as a single high. It's like, hey, use your instincts a little more. Like, we got some. We got Even at some... that size? Even at that big size? Yes, dude. I think he's got the speed for it. I, I know some people aren't high on his speed, but I, I think he's got the good speed for it. Um, eyes are locked on the QB in the zone. So that's where it's like. I feel like that's where he fits a little better. Uh, he has some amazing plays. Like, he has its interception on Trevor Lawrence. I was, I was thinking about just making a voiceover breakdown, but I decided not to. But it's just beautiful. Like, he's, he reads what Trevor Lawrence is trying to do, and Trevor Lawrence thinks he has a touchdown, and Diablo intercepts it. 
Um, now, at that size, you would think, good run defender, right? He's not. He's not. He can't shed blocks. He cannot shed blocks at all. Um, you know, he's not going to come up there and bust plays up. Now, if he's a free defender where he's not having to shed blocks and play gaps, then he, you know, he can get in there. He can get in there quick and have and make some nice plays. But those, that's basically only when he is um is unblocked. Like he he just won't shed blocks. So at the end of the day, I really like Diablo. I think he's like one. He is one of my more enjoyable players to watch. Um, but I, I like him best in a deep safety role. It's a shame because a guy at that size, and there's a guy on my list that I. Uh, I, I try to pick one guy. I try one one guy per year where I consider him to be a money backer because I think those sometimes those players are the most fun to watch. When you have a guy who can be a safety, um, but also can just come up and destroy dudes in the run game, that's kind of a really fun player. It's kind of like a new generation player. My and next it's a shame, guy is like that. It's a shame that he can't really do that. Um, that that'll be wild. A player that's what six three over two hundred twenty pounds just patrolling deep center field safety. Imagine imagine him coming and just taking somebody's head off diablo <laughs> diablo diablo what isn't there isn't there a word isn't there a word for devil in spanish yes it is i'm what? surprised it took you this long to figure that out who names their child that Th- his that's last a- name is De- diablo but his, his first name is divine so maybe they're like all right let's counteract this diablo crap that's amazing yeah diablo. i get i guarantee you his parents are like this last name kind of sucks Let's try and counterbalance it with the the first name Divine. We're religious people. Um, next on my list, another guy from Oregon. I love my Oregon Ducks. I got an Oregon guy later. Wow, Oregon secondary, pretty. You, we said everybody opted out in twenty twenty. Apparently, they had some good players that opted out. That opted Wasn't out. Ashton Davis an Oregon guy that we loved? I thought Ashton Davis was. was no, he was Cal. Sorry. Yeah, he was. He was Pac twelve. And then he got picked in the Leonard Williams pick. So now we hate him. We hate Ashton Davis. Um, Straight up. I'm procrastinating on saying this guy's name. Diomodore Lenore. That sounds right. Demondre Lenore. I don't Demond- know if that's how you do it, but I just said it. That I just basically better. changed it Ramondre Stevenson to Demondre. I still call I still call that defensive lineman that we uh that we picked up from Minnesota. I still call him Obi Wan Kenobi. It's so easy. Odin Odinegbo. Or Fatty Odinegbo. You just struggled. Twenty twenty season. 250 cover snaps, 18 receptions allowed on 33 targets, 199 yards, three touchdowns allowed, one interception with a passer rating of 90.3. He is 5'11", 195 pounds. Lenore's uh, plus-plus category for me, play strength, physicality, and tackling. Those are his main strengths. When he tackles, he wraps up, he hits low, and he has solid fundamentals. Only nine missed tackles on 168 career attempts. Ball skills and hands are impressive. He's made some nice one-handed interceptions in his career as well. My plus category, he excels at sniffing out wide receiver and running back screens. Probably the most fun part about his game. Uh, Kind of reminded me of Xavier McKinney. He was very good at sniffing that out too. Uh, Remains patient so the quarterback makes the throw and then pounces on the ball carrier. Sticks to the hips of receivers. My minus category, he's not the fastest or the most, most athletic to keep up with speedy wide receivers. If he fits at safety at the pro level, he has zero production at that spot. So this is one of my, this is one of those guys that he is a cornerback, but we're not sure if he fits a corner because of his lack of speed or does he fit at safety. So if he does fit at safety at the pro level, then he has zero production from that spot at college, which is tough overall looking at his three years. Again, 
play strength, physicality, and tackling. Odds are he is a better fit at safety than cornerback at the pro level. I really do enjoy watching a player with good form tackling. Lenore's got it. He is a like-it player for me. Lenore. All right, we're gonna, I'm going to try and go a little quicker through the finish off this episode. My next guy, we talk about box players. This is this is someone who's a box safety. He's actually met with the Giants. Safety out of Auburn. Jamian, Jameen Sherwood, six foot one, 216 pounds, and 2020 and 11 games, 75 tackles, three for a loss and a sack. Um, now, I, I percentages, playing deep safety, 31.5%. In the box, 48.3%. And then at corner, which is basically a walk down, Safety, I don't really view it as like, oh, he's playing corner, 20%. Um, very good feel of the game. Like, he, he he understands the game. High IQ player. Plays all over the field, like we said. Um, you can tell his high IQ by the way he reads the QB's eyes in the pass game and the run game. Where it's like, he kind of understands what's going. Like, you know, I always talk about turning your zone into man coverage. Some players can be a little over-aggressive on that, where it's like, you just totally vacated your zone and they did that on purpose now you have a drag route that's wide open um so he he does that but he's not over aggressive in that in the run game he takes always takes the right run steps like he's seeing what's happening he's taking the right run steps but a lot of safeties when you put them in the run game in the box like he would do they're kind of just like bam bam full speed i'm just gonna go in and and i kind of like that like peppers kind of can play it like that sometimes and i like that but he kind of plays it smart like he's a linebacker um, and obviously, college defenses, there's going to be more responsibilities in that role than there will be in the NFL. Um, so he's very patient as a run defender. Um, as a deep safety, he's going to open his hips too easily. Um, and he plays angles bad. So I, I do see him as like, hey, you're going to play box, um, like, you know, money backer. Like, I do view Jimmy Sherwood as someone who's like, hey, you're going to play that money backer role. Um, doesn't have really like a good speed or burst when he needs it. Um, uh, and I will say, for someone who does play in the box, he kind of tackles a little low and will lose a couple, like, you know, like the the runner, the, the ball carrier usually can gain an extra couple yards by falling forward against Sherwood. Next on my list, Rodarius Williams from Oklahoma Rodarius. State. Six foot, 187 pounds, and about 255 cover snaps this year. He allowed 10 receptions on 21 targets. 148 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Does not have an interception in 2019. Didn't have one in 2020. Did have two in 2018 where he did play. Uh, piece. He was a three-year three starter. 462 cover snaps. My plus-plus category, Bobby. Williams really fits a man coverage press uh, press scheme or a cover two scheme. Now, let me now let me even ask you this. So, press... Press can fit cover two and cover three, right? Because cover two, you're kind of really covering the intermediate part of the field because then you're passing your man along to somebody else. That's deeper half, correct? Yes. Okay. So really fits a man coverage press man scheme or a cover two scheme like Steve Spagnuolo's because I know Janoris Jenkins, that was one of his gripes that when Steve Spagnuolo left, he felt like his strength was in cover two and James Betcher certainly was not that. Has some really solid mirroring ability and recognizes routes well in the intermediate part of the field. Four-year starter with 212 career targets, 653 press cover snaps in his entire career. My plus category, he did not miss a single tackle in 2020. He does not bite on double moves off the line of scrimmage. He'll let you dance all day in front of him. He he will stay patient. My minus category, he is Greedy Williams' older brother. 
Yes, I did say older brother. While that is very cool, he is already 25 years old. He does not have a ton of production when it comes to interceptions or passes deflected. Average depth of target is also 15 yards. That's kind of deep. Overall, in 2019, there was a lot of Giants fans who were interested in taking Greedy Williams. So why not get the next best thing the second time around? Except this time you can grab him as a later day three pick. Williams is a like-it player for me. Yeah, Williams, Rodarius, I could see them being like, okay, we're going to draft you and you're going to be the Isaac Eden replacement. You know, yeah. like that, that, that's what I would expect out of Williams if, if he was someone the Giants grabbed at the end of the draft. Um, good at swatting balls. Like, I, I, that's what I noticed. Like, he's good at playing through the ball and swatting. He's not going to get a bunch of interceptions, but just playing the ball, I think he does well. Um, and like you said, he's targeted deep, but I think he does a pretty good job stopping it. You know, like, I think on deep targets, he was two for eight and one of them the Oklahoma receiver just made this insane catch so so I I do like Rodarius I think he's someone who's kind of down the boards but it can be a little bit of an underrated player maybe a lot of that maybe some of that has to do with the age 25 is pretty old for a rookie next on my list another Oregon duck so sick of Oregon Brady Breeze now he uh, he opted out of 2020 maybe they just hated like Mario Cristobal maybe that's it they just hated Mm. their coach Mm -hmm. um, and they just didn't want to play um, so, but in 2019, he had 62 tackles, two interceptions, four fumble recoveries, and three touchdowns. He had three touchdowns. In fact, his last game, he was the Rose Bowl MVP. Uh, so, how about that? A guy freaking shows up in the big games. That'll be a good talking point for him. A true safety. A true safety who could, will come down and play the flats. Um, he does it all, you know, where he's not like, you know, we're talking about guys like, this guy's a box guy. This guy's got to play deep. He play, He can play it all over. Good IQ for the game. Matches it with very high effort. Like, he's all over the field, 100% at all times. Loves to come down and fill his fill in the run game. And, you know, there's some safeties who aren't like that, especially in college, where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm here to stop the pass. Brady do, does all that. And funny, his name is kind of funny. Brady Breeze, two, two good QBs. Hmm. Um, will reroute players in zone. Um, but he doesn't have, like, that great speed, though, when he's put in man coverage on a tight end. You know, like, you see him match up versus tight end, and it's like the tight end wins. And I'm not talking about deep crossers on, like, five-yard ends. Curls, the Y stick. Like, this is, if you're if we're playing against Brady Breeze, I'll be a little okay, you know, running the Y stick a little more, Jason Garrett. Because um, they just kind of win with that. They get contact through him and then break out the route, and, and they win those shorter routes. So that's my worry about him. Solid tackler. Um, but again, he's the Rose Bowl MVP, so you got, you got to take him. So that's the last guy on my list. But the thing is, is I've been going quick because I actually want to talk about your next guy. Oh. Your last guy. All right. Well, uh, this is the – I forget who was the guy. He was from Clemson last year, and I really liked Kayvon him. Kayvon Wallace. No, 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 no. He was the money backer. Tanner, Ma- Tanner Muse. Yes, Tanner Muse. I saved him last, and I really liked him because he played like a bat out of hell. This is – I, I like Tanner Muse a, a lot more, um, but Talanoa Hufanga. I think I'm saying his name right. Um, kind of a money backer. He's a safety. So, he's from USC. 6'1", 215 pounds. He's a big boy. My plus-plus category. Very much fits an in-the-box safety role in today's NFL. He's a willing tackler, and he packs a punch in his hits. He will bring a physical presence to any defense because of how big he is. I'm sure he can He can even... I literally wrote um, money back. No, I didn't wrote, write money backer twice. He can fit as a money backer, Bobby. 
Uh, he reads and reacts to run plays in the box very well. He rarely takes a misstep in that regard. My plus category, he has six sacks over the last two seasons. So he serves a good value as a blitzer. He fits It fits with his aggressive play style. For a guy his size, he has decent speed. He can keep up with tight ends down the field. His skill set serves well also on special teams. Plays balls to the wall. He's big. He's tough. He's strong. Dave Gettleman accent. Minus category. Two broken collarbones since joining USC. Um, that is not 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 great. And he also, it's a very niche skill set. You know, being a, a money backer in the box safety, you know, it's valuable in today's game, but it's also very niche where you, you're, you can't, I don't know if you can really play, I don't know if he can play that role of being like an every down safety. Overall, I love players who play balls to the wall and who are good fund and who are good fundamental tacklers. He has an interesting but also a very niche skill set and a skill set an NFL team can use. He is a like it player for me. I want him to replace Nate Ebner. Whoa. He's a tweener between safety and linebacker. But you know, you see a safety, he's like, oh, he's got some pass rush. And it's like, oh, he, you know, he'll run into a guard as fast as he can and blow him up and or have a free rush. He has actual pass rush ability. Like some like real life pass rush moves. You don't see that from a safety. I was blown away watching it. It's like, oh my gosh. So I would like I said, he is a tw- he's not big enough to just play linebacker. Um, but he's not fast enough to play safety. And it was like, is he good enough to just play that money back role? Poor man's Jamal Adams. Yeah. Broke <laughs> broke on the side of the road. Um, shooting up heroin, Jamal. Eh, that was me. Um, but that, that, that that's a little too much of a, of, a, of a compliment. But I get what you're saying, playing style-wise. Um, so, you know, very broke. Uh, we should change. We should do. We should actually change that. Like, you know, you have a poor man's this. But like. Broke as hell, Jamal Adams. How about that? <laughs> broke, as, um, broke as hell. But I want him to play special teams, and I want him to replace Nate Ebner. And I want to see, when he does have to play, if he does play himself onto the field, what I want is him, when there's a tight end on the field, who's maybe not the best blocker, I want him lining up outside the tight end and either playing man coverage or rushing the passer. Playing man coverage or rushing the passer. Where it's like, I just... He's fun to watch. Like I, I was surprised. I couldn't believe this guy had real pass rush moves. So I'm, I'm excited about T- Talanoa. So we have two six round picks, and he's being projected to go in the sixth round. He's going to be our last draft pick. And maybe he falls. Maybe he's an undrafted free agent. How about that? Ooh. How if, about that? If, if, if he, if he doesn't get drafted, he's going to be on my top of like go get this undrafted free agent list. How about that? How about that? Love it. All right, that's an episode. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Friday. Interior offensive line, our next four episodes are big-time needs or big-time important positions. you got interior offensive line, linebacker, tackle, and then we're going to finish off with wide receivers. We appreciate you guys. We will see you on Friday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.